Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Uh, again, everybody welcome, whether you're catching the show live or uh, in archive. Uh, glad to have you here. Uh, I usually do a show about maybe every month or so, and I have some good news about some added shows that are going to come late this year and the beginning of next year, which I will share a little bit later on. Uh, today's show is a 45-minute show, so we're not really going to have time to take live calls. Um, it is going to be a live column read, followed by a further uh, discussion about that column, give you a little more insight. Um, if it's your first time tuning into uh, Snake Oil Radio, um, again, my name is Jim Ventura. I am a professional uh, navigational consultant. Uh, my expertise is in astrology and numerology and uh, a lot of different types of oracles, some runestones and animal totems and tarot. I've uh, been doing uh, in-office as well as phone sessions with clients for uh, that's like 30 years now, almost 30, uh, for a long time. Uh, information about all that good stuff on my website, jimventura.com. Uh, I do an every-other-month column called Snake Oil. Uh, I have a book I published years ago called Snake Oil Volume 1 uh, with my first six years of the column. Uh, great book, beautiful artwork, um, you know, great uh, piece of work still available on Amazon. Uh, hopefully at some point I will get some Snake Oil Volume 2 as well. Uh, if you're not already getting my column each month, you can email me at VenturaSagYahoo.com. Get added to the mailing list. Um, it's an every other month column, so it's blind copy. No one ever gets any added sales from me. Just good column, good information, and giving you access to specials I have on sessions and things of that nature as well. Um, okay, so enough of the sales stuff. Kind of want to dive into today's subject because. Uh, you know, I wrote this column, you know, a good month and a half, two months ago, and it came out uh, almost, a, almost a month ago uh, when, I, when I initially put it out. And, you know, I think it's even more relevant uh, today than it even was a month and a half ago, um, considering what's going on in the news and in the world in general. So I do want to start off with a, um, a live column read in case you have not uh, actually read the column, and, and if you have read the column, um, you know, this is a good refresher as well, I think, to hear it again. And then we'll, we'll talk a bit about it in more detail and, and talk about some of the relevance to a lot of things going on now. So uh, this is actually my 120th snake oil that I've written. Actually, there's a few more than that. Some of them were never published. Uh, but we've got quite a few under the belt since I started writing this back in 2003-2004. And this column is called Bigfoot, Aliens, and the Evil Men Pulling All the Levers. Magazines and newspapers like the National Enquirer, the Star, and similar publications beckoned to us at the supermarket checkout to read about Bat Boy, aliens, and other dark secrets in the lives of celebrities before they, before the internet largely took over this job. Most of us knew this stuff was largely nonsense, but sometimes for the fun of it, we bit on the hook and we dived into the guilty pleasures. A smaller percentage of the population believes some of, uh, some of or even everything in these pages of uh, those types of magazines. 
conspiracy theories, secret organizations, end-of-the-world predictions, and the like have been part of our world from the very beginning of the human communication and expression. And we're magnified when we learned how to publish and print words. Is it all false? Could some of it actually be true? Why are we drawn to conjecture about what is, quote, really behind the scenes? Astrology teaches us that strong influences of certain astrological signs, especially Scorpio, Sagittarius, can have us naturally interested in questions about power and philosophy, respectively. This can also be seen in relation to other planets or other notable influences in the eighth or ninth house in natal chart. The eighth house is the place where we look at shared resource, sex, transformation, and having or not having personal or collective power and influence. The ninth house corresponds to travel, philosophy, religion, deeper meanings of life, and higher education. In essence, we all have, some far more than others, some desire to understand how life actually works and why we're here. The probing, curious detective mind wants to get to the bottom of things. I have Mercury and Sagittarius in my eighth house on the cusp of my ninth house, so I was wired at birth to be a seeker. When I was about 13, my mind was heavily stimulated by a book called Flying Flying Saucers Are Watching Us. It was compelling, even awesome to me, with many different exciting and scary stories about alien sightings, contacts, and even uh, abductions. This naturally led to books about the Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot, and similar theoretical sensational beings. By the age of 15, I was reading books about witchcraft, spellcasting, and other potential ways to gain power. I was already questioning so many tenets of religion. I was raised Catholic. And my natural inquisitive and rebellious mind wanted answers. Comic books, television shows, and movies about similar phenomena ran parallel and fed the magic of my search for the secrets of the universe. By the age of 17, I needed far more advanced material, and this led to books on channeling, astrology, numerology, and similar subjects. These far more progressive studies put the sensational starting point of UFOs, Bigfoot, and witchcraft comfortably in my rearview mirror. What I did learn from these startup sensational subjects was, while heavily exaggerated, was that they did have some aspect of truth to why people were drawn to them. My studies of advanced teachings of brilliant channelers like Jane Roberts and the Michael teachings did put these subjects into a far more clear perspective, though, and made me see these subjects differently. I actually wasn't a huge fan of the show The X-Files, but I can see why it became such a phenomenal success in the 90s. Human beings often sense their, their deeper meanings and forces that govern our existence and the creation of events. We're also drawn to the theatrical, and at times make things larger than they actually are for the sheer excitement of discovery, even when often a large portion of those discoveries are nonsense. Beginning in the late 90s, the Internet has fed the machine that magnifies uh, that magazines like the Inquirer fed, and it has grown profitable to pull people in with conspiracy groups like QAnon, Infowars, and similar countermine news shows. Conspiracy theories about the flat Earth, fake moon landings, 9/11 being an inside job, secret societies, the Illuminati, 
uh, as well as a host of other stories, have been around for a while now, and, and some for decades. Beyond the draw to find sensational answers is the wisdom that many sense things aren't always what they seem. Some of these outrageous speculations even have some hints of truth to them. Still, much of it is exaggerated and even out-and-out malarkey. The thread that exists behind all of this, of course, relates to our beliefs individually and in mass. Our beliefs not only color how we see reality, but often actually form the reality of the world we see around us. The mass and individual belief that fuels the majority of these speculations is that evil, wealthy men secretly control the world and we're all just pawns in their game with no real power. This often never questioned belief that many of us hold is assumed to be a fact of reality. Listen, in ancient Rome, Greece, and societies all over the world, they believed that the gods pulled the strings. We were at the whims of their desires. Quote, the gods must be punishing us. In many respects, the modern equivalent belief that the man, capitalized, has all the power is just another variation of the old god's power. Listen, it isn't that when crisis happens both in the world at large and personally, there isn't a cause behind these things. There always is. But the more likely reality is less about secret characters pulling all the strings and levers, more about how ethically challenged people will take advantage of the chaos and fear generated and find a way to profit from it. This is often the case, actually. Part of many young souls' exploration of using and acquiring power and also creating karma to let it resolve in this process. It is our belief that we don't have personal power to create a reality that is a real limitation. We're willing to own this fully, and the sensational beliefs about evil men or angry gods begins to fall away and becomes unnecessary, or at least much less interesting. We can accept that there is, of course, life on other planets. Just practical math here possibly other creatures we haven't yet discovered that live in other layers of our world. And that magic in some forms does exist. But we can hopefully happily let go of the power of the man and secret evildoers who pull the world's strings. Letting go of this and reclaiming our power is where our true dominion and evolution potentially can grow. For those with strictly scientific minds, agnostics or atheists often understandably from their perspective suggest things like, isn't a belief in guardian angels, protective crystals, astrology, healing herbs, numerology, or even the value of animal totem work actually real or even beneficial in any, potentially, in any potential way? Aren't New Age folks just replacing magical, friendly or unfriendly gods with new versions too? Any serious study of these subjects like astrology, meditation, oracles, and similar things will leave almost anyone who explores them convinced of their value and outright brilliance. Many of these studies have been around for centuries and for good reason. Most of us, most of those suppositions from the skeptical scientific minds come from those who've simply never looked at any of these arts in any real way. And aside from many of these things bringing actual measurable benefits to those who practice or use them, whether the crystals or angels help or don't help becomes less important. The idea or belief that these protective, benevolent, and healing influences may in some respects represent another belief system is valid. 
the difference is the focus on the basic goodness of life, thing, order and meaning, healing aspects of this world and insight from the natural world around us and guides us toward manifesting happiness and joy is a far better belief to carry. Even if you doubt the validity of these things and their actual input, when I focus on these more positive beliefs that form our reality and the creation of potential good, shifting your focus away from a random universe with no real basic meaning, no purpose in your life, quote, your birth is accidental, you live, you die, and that's all there is logic, or conspiracy theories that reinforce our lack of power in this world is like all things, a choice. Without question, moving toward the more positive view of the world designed to help, to heal, inspire, and guide us is a very, very good choice. Okay, so this is the column that I wrote, um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm very proud of this. Let me tell you, as a writer, one of the reasons I'm proud of this column is, you know, obviously it's a bold column. You know, if you if you followed me for years, you know that I don't really shy away from uncomfortable subjects. Um, I try to talk about things diplomatically, of course, um, and I don't ever want to attack anyone or put people down. I'm, I'm just trying to give insight and information. You take it, you leave it, you, you know, like, you know, as anyone would, even if they talk to me in a session or anything else for that matter. But, um, you know, I've gotten a little more brazen over the years of having, having done this. And that particular result was um, I have about 1,700 people that currently subscribe to getting my column. Um, I had seven people after this one came out that unsubscribed from getting this column. Uh, some that were on for many years. Now, again, me, me somewhat of a mathematical person, half of them are just probably people that never read it. I mean, I send this out to 700 people. There's maybe two, 300 tops each time that actually read the column. Most people are not reading it. And that's because they're busy and life is busy. And I mean, there are a lot of different reasons. I don't take any of that personally. But because it was such a high number of people unsubscribing, I have to kind of theoretically guess that half of them got pissed off about this particular column. You know, so here's the funny part. You know, years ago in my younger years, I would make me uncomfortable and I would try to be more of a pleaser. Now as a writer for many years, you know, like I'm honestly between you and I, I'm kind of proud. <laughs> I, I got some people mad, especially because some of them, I like I know who they were. And one of them was someone that was involved in the QAnon crapola for a while. Okay, so, um, and now I don't think so anymore, but was, and I got her feelings, and okay. Um, anyway, so that being said, like I said, proud moment from a writer's perspective. Um, I, I, I'm meant to sort of push buttons a little, and I try to do that in a loving way, but sometimes maybe people need a little bit of a shove, and if I do that, maybe that's a good thing. Um, ultimately, let's kind of talk a little bit more about this particular column of the subject. So the first thing I want to say right off the bat is, again, I am in no way saying that there are not, there is not validity to certain elements of conspiracy theory about what's going on behind the scenes. That was, I think, pretty blatantly spoken within the column itself. But I think the thing that, that people tend to do, and you can see this with very religious people and new age people um, as well can go down this road is, you know, there's a tendency sometimes to go a little too far down the rabbit hole. And that seeker's mind wants to learn, wants to gather information, 
But I think like anybody, you know, when you're studying things, you do have to maintain a little bit of healthy skepticism, of course. Um, you know, uh, it's good. Healthy skepticism is good. You're not outright denying something. You're studying it, researching it. You're, you're looking at different points of view to get insight, which is a smart approach to take, of course. Um, you know, I, I, I noticed this, of course, like, listen, when I, you know, when I, I've studied astrology, you know, for, for 30, 30 some odd, 35 years, I got to think of the math on this now, too, so I'm like 100. Uh, <laughs> I've studied astrology for a long time. Listen, I didn't go in believing astrology. I went in studying it with curiosity. And, and, and after doing multiple charts of my, for myself and studying my own astrology and clients, well, not clients, friends initially, I didn't doing it professionally until a good eight years after I started studying, um, as well as looking at celebrities and things like that, you know, fairly quickly, there's no debate about the accuracy of astrology. It's not only, you know, accurate when, when done correctly, of course. Um, it's mind-boggling how much insight and information is contained within an astrology chart and under the con- understand the concepts behind it. So, you know, again, I, I, I never went into any of these subjects with, like, you know, just blindness. Oh, I just want to believe. I just want – listen, I went in with a very pragmatic, you know, realistic uh, mindset. And so the things I study and that I work with clients on are things I've worked with for years, and they work, and they're valid, and, and all of those things. Uh, so I think that that's significant. Um, but the thing I would point out is, yeah, like, I, I, look, I look very nostalgically back to my interest in Bigfoot and aliens and 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 you know and magic and things of that nature you know as i said with with a healthy amount of healthy sentimentality in that way i remember getting excited about you know thinking about aliens visiting us and thinking i saw ufos at certain points and and again i'm not invalidating that that maybe i i even did probably not as much as i you know thought i might have but again just to me Listen, there are, are millions, not billions of, of, of planets and solar systems, and the, the practicality of us being the only place that life formed is is ludicrous <laughs> in a mathematical sense. And so because we have developed science too, we can assume there are other cultures that may be, you know, thousands, millions of years advanced in that concept that may be able to travel and explore accordingly. So same dynamic with Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster. You know, I'm not convinced that Bigfoot and Loch Ness Monster don't exist as much as I think they don't exist. I think they exist in other layers of reality. I think that, um, you know, in, in altered states of consciousness, sometimes people, you know, sort of maybe in the woods and they temporarily go back in time to thousands of years ago when there was a creature like that and they see that animal. I think it's more of a transference of time that temporarily happens. Um, and yes, maybe there are some of these creatures roaming around as well, too. So again, same thing with looking at, at magic and witchcraft and things of that nature. Uh, you know, you cannot deny the validity of some of it to some degree. But I just simply, for me, as someone, like in anything, when you're studying a subject and you, you keep advancing your knowledge and getting more quote-unquote degrees, a master's, associates, a master's, uh, you know, and keep moving up the ladder, you're often getting stronger, smarter information. And that's all, again, what really just happened with me. Once I kind of landed on astrology and numerology and, and different elements of oracles and, and especially the channeling books I was reading from Jane Roberts, who channeled Seth, 
brilliant. The nature of personal reality, Seth speaks, the individual nature of mass events. I mean, this is not even debatably brilliant. It's mind-boggling, you know, in that sense. You, when you're getting more advanced material, of course, you leave a lot of this stuff, you know, the lesser stuff, so to speak, behind. So, yes, that's a natural process for many of us who are explorers. Um, and, 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 again, listen, nothing wrong with, studying aliens and things of nature. I think people should be looking for signs of other, other life, and there's a value in that. Okay, so now we go down the other sort of element of the rabbit hole in that respect, which is the more exaggerated cuckoo stuff, which seems to be all over the place. Now, that's a subject that gets a little more complicated in that way. As I humorously kind of noted in the piece, yeah, you know, we – Every once in a while, it would be such a thrill when I was younger to read one of those magazines, like the National Enquirer. And, but, you know, even at the age of 12 or 13 when I was reading that stuff, you know, most of me was kind of like, okay, <laughs> this is probably not really valid. According to those magazines, everybody's gay. Everyone has secret lovers and, and you know, all kinds of stuff going on and that boy. And, uh, okay, I mean, like I said, fun, exciting, and, so that, like I had mentioned again, it's been replaced a lot on the Internet. We see all of this, you know, all over the place. You know, people who follow QAnon, for example, and listen, again, I'm not attacking anyone. You, you know, you believe what you want to believe, and we'll get to that in a minute and the significance of that. But so one of the, the dynamics behind QAnon is a, a deep belief in a, a pedophile, child sex, sex child, excuse me, child sex pedophile ring that exists. Now, stop right there. At that level, to, you know, to pretend a way that there isn't child sex trafficking is ludicrous. Of course there has been. There has been since the dawn of time. And it's horrible and certainly should be addressed and dealt with far more than it is. So, again, here we are. We're starting with some basis of truth behind some validity. Okay, so now here's where part of QAnon's belief end up kind of going down the cuckoo land road. So the idea, though, when you go further with it, is that, of course, it's hosted by a series of Hollywood celebrities that are involved in this. And it gets more elaborate. Um, I believe some of it is that they, they drink the blood of children to stay younger or healthier. All right, guys, right then and there, stop for a minute. Um, on how many implications are that from other areas of, 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 of theoretical nonsense. But uh, remember back in the 80s and the 90s, so everything was a devil-worshipping cult? And there's an element of that to QAnon, too, that it's a youth thing and it's a devil-worshipping cult. And so some, of course, the people that are supposedly involved in this are people like Tom Hanks and Oprah Winfrey, uh, among many other famous people. Okay. So here's now, again, here's when we're starting to get into cuckoo land, to put it mildly. Um, listen, I've been studying human nature for many, many years, and I'm pretty good at identifying characteristics and traits, and I can certainly smell a piece of crap coming a mile away, and I'm good at it, and I can t sense that in people, and I can tell. And Oprah Winfrey and Tom Hanks, yeah, oh, God, I can't, you cannot even see me shaking my head enough over this type of nonsense. Oprah Winfrey... Uh, has done plenty of shows about she was molested herself when she was younger. She's done shows helping people come out and come to terms with that. So complete nonsense. You sense none of this from Tom Hanks. What else for that matter? This is this projection on the evil of Hollywood. Another 
dynamic similar to the idea of the gods controlling everything. The wealthy Hollywood elites are running everything, and they're all evil, and they're all in it together. And Okay, so again, here's where we start going down into cuckoo land. Same dynamic with a show like InfoWars. You know, it's not that on occasion, I've seen a few little tidbits of this, that there might be some validity to a certain point. But then you got a guy ranting about the government, the secret government. Again, we're looking at all the men pulling the levers, putting some type of drug in the water to turn frogs gay. You know, all right. Again, there's a certain point, and I see this both on the left and the right. Um, you know, the left can go sometimes into real extremes as well as the far right does of just absolute nonsense. Yeah, listen, I've been watching this for years and certainly pronounced over the last couple of years all over the Internet. Now, I don't unfriend people about it. I don't get mad at them. I, I just humorously laugh when I see, you know, some of the more ridiculous things being projected out there. And, and listen, for the scientific mind, they probably think any astrological thing I talk about is nonsense in their minds. Of course, they would be wrong. <laughs> but... uh Good for them. You know what I mean? Again, I don't – I'm not going to change the world at one level or another. I give information out to people that wanted it and can gain some benefit from it. So it doesn't matter to me what, what people think of me in that context. But the point that I'm getting at with all of this is we've gotten too sensationalized in a way, and not only is that reflected in our relationships with each other um, and family and friends and you know, people are very polarized. If, if you can, and, and a lot of this is fodder for this experience that people are having. These extremes and beliefs, and these 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 uh, you know these philosophies that are out there in the world that they're separating families and friends and making people angry with each other. Uh, listen, and this is in the political element. Uh, you know, I don't. If anyone notices it on Facebook and other things, I don't really talk that much about politics. In terms of, I don't talk about my what I believe as much as I might talk about. Like recently, I did a post about um, you know Donald Trump's overlays from the Michael teachings, which is similar to um, astrology. Awesome teachings, by the way. I teach classes on that. You can check that out on my list of classes available on my website. Um, and then I also countered it a month later with, a, with some info about Biden. So I, I focus less on, um, you know, what I politically believe or see about these two candidates and more on these elements of human personality and their astrology and their overleaves and who they are and what the influences are so people can make up their own mind accordingly. So, you know, at a more personal level, I, I tend to be, a, you know, po- politically very much a centrist in terms of the way that I see most political things. I lean probably a little bit more toward the left, but again, still primarily a centrist in how I I see things. And and I'm going to be writing about that in relation to the family. That'll be my my, um, November, December column about how COVID-19 and the elements of 2020 have affected our families and our family relationships. So that'll be a subject that I'm, I'm currently writing about now. But in a nutshell, Case in point, if you know, if you want my personal view, I've never been a fan of Trump. Um, I, you know, I, I think he's an egomaniac. I've never liked him from the beginning. I did not think any of this would ever go well. Honestly, you know, there are a few things he's done along the way that I think have been of value, value, but mostly nah. And I think that, um, you know, I think like like The Apprentice, the show needs to be canceled. You know, but on the flip side, let me explain something to you. 
Um, I had dinner a couple of weeks ago with a buddy of mine who was a Democrat for years and is very disappointed with a lot of elements of the Democratic Party. He'd always been a Democrat. He's getting anger and angry with things he sees within the Democratic Party. And now he's becoming a bit more of a fan of Trump and will likely vote for Trump. And I was at dinner with him and his ex-wife and his ex-wife's current boyfriend. Both of them are Trump supporters now, too, and they love him. And we did karaoke and we had dinner and we hung out. And I don't agree with their perspectives in terms of political stuff, but we had a great time talking. We only talked about politics briefly. And um, I think they're awesome people. You know, and, and the funny side of that is I've got, you know, much more far left liberal friends that resent me, that I would hang out with them, that I would spend time with them. But, I, again, I just don't come from that camp of thinking. Um, you know, I, I long for the days we didn't talk as much about our political beliefs, and we, we, we agreed to disagree and found those elements of commonality. And I've said this before. I, you know, I, um, I think, uh, well, I disagree a lot of, with a lot of um, – of some of the things that are going on now and, and, and the last four years have been uncomfortable to put it mildly. Um, I think, you know, Trump people love their dogs and they care about their children for the most part. And they, you know, some of them, you know, work at food kitchens. And so I, I just don't like this thing about like putting everybody in one simplistic box that would not be the case. I, you know, a third of my clientele are, are Trump supporters or people that I work with. And I can tell you, most of them are incredibly good people. You know, it's just politically we disagree. Simple as that. You know, and God forbid we get to a world where people would more feel that way. So that's something I want to point out here about my particular view and the way I see things. And I think a lot of it is because you grew up in a large family and had to learn how to get along with people with differing opinions. And I think it's better when you can agree to disagree about certain things to find commonality. Okay, so that's my, that's my rant for the day. Get back to the subject at hand um, and talk about uh, what I had mentioned in the column, where a lot of this stems from, a lot of these conspiracy theories, a lot of where this, a lot of this stems from, and again, I had gone into some more detail in the piece, so I want to elaborate on it a little bit more. Listen, a point that I continually make to my clients is two things. One, there are tangible realities on the physical plane that we signed up for. You know, if you don't believe in gravity, you're still going to be affected by gravity. If you don't believe that standing in front of a train um, while it's bearing down on you is going to kill you, you're one, an idiot, and two, that train is likely to kill you in that sense. There are tangible, practical realities of the physical plane that we all agreed upon when we came here. Now, that aside... We also ultimately form our reality through the beliefs that we uh, have. And, and, and getting to that is hugely valuable at, at so many different levels. You know, we, you know, in essence, we get where you concentrate on. That's twofold, not only from the perspective of individually. You know, if you, again, let me give you an example of this, about beliefs forming reality. If you believe that wealthy people are all evil and, and selfish and stuck up, and, and not caring and not spiritual, you will never allow yourself to be wealthy. You just won't. Your beliefs are so etched if you see yourself as a good person that you won't allow yourself to become that for the most part. Same dynamic. If you've got um, 
you know, if you deeply believe all men are garbage and all men are bad, um, and that may stem from experiences when younger, and that becomes a solidified belief in your mind, you will unconsciously, if not quite consciously, pick out men who are evil and bad and, and will mistreat you in that way. So that's why understanding the concept that your beliefs form your reality is so huge, because you can change your beliefs ultimately and eventually change the world and experience that you see around you. Uh, and, and that in of itself is significant. Um, and, and beliefs, you know, operate both individually and in mass, meaning we, we share common beliefs with people in similar areas and have similar experiences that way. So a lot to this. But that being said, again, let me go back to what I was talking about within the piece. Now, again, historically in societies, you know, throughout time, you know, you can see some elements of this within Christianity itself, um, but you saw it very notably in, in the belief of, of, again, ancient Rome and ancient Greece and, and Egypt and other areas and the power of the gods. But the gods secretly pulled all the strings and controlled everything and everyone. And again, you know, you'd hear something like, oh, my God, that, that town got hit. Uh, that town got hit with a hurricane and was destroyed because God must have been angry at some of the people in that town. Listen, we saw this um, even in 2008, 2009, when, when gay marriage was on the docket for becoming the reality that it is now, and people were talking about floods and hurricanes and God's wrath and the slippery slope that would happen. You know, uh, of course, none of that is applicative. It is complete nonsense, and it was from the beginning. But again, it had a lot to do with these deeper beliefs about the power of the gods and, and, you know, and even in, in some tenets of Christianity, there's still some deep seated belief in God being an angry and vengeful God. So we just exchange different long-term beliefs about things. My own mother used to say, often when bad things would happen in the world and the news would be on my own mom, who was a very devout Catholic would often say, God must be angry. So yeah, guys, it's just like so immersed in our belief systems on the cases that we never examine it. The same thing occurs with the whole secret society thing and the evil men pulling all the strings, as I mentioned. Um, it's an, I'm in no way invalidating that there hasn't been secret societies that have met <laughs> and had different agendas and things of that nature. Um, yeah. You know, I, done past life regressions myself and I, I once saw myself back in like the 1500s where I was part of a secret group that met um, in, in a lifetime where I lived in Greece you know um, so I, I was part of something in that way although we had no evil intent it had to do with different elements that were going politically and energetically in the world that we wanted to affect um, so I don't think that all of this is hooey in that context there is certain elements of it problem is, is, again, it's exaggerated in a way that becomes, again, kind of silly. Similar, like, you know, one of the things that you can sort of see happening already is, like, a lot of places, when COVID-19 came along, a lot of places, like, stopped accepting cash. Um, now, the practical reason for that was primarily because people had a lot of fear about the disease being on things that you touched and cash was dirty, so they were kind of leaning more toward moving away from that. So, of course, came the cuckoo land speculation that the secret societies are trying to get rid of cash so they can track everything that we do. And, yeah, 
again, I'm not saying that others won't take advantage of that element, and there isn't some element of that in play, but to say that that's why it's happening, uh, kind of not. You know, it's just that laziness of human beings kind of want to get a cash. It's just not going to work anyway. I, I've been hearing about this for 30 years, the getting rid of cash and, and the secret societies behind it, the Illuminati, um, you know, another one, again, secret men pulling all the levers. You know, we saw this, um, I, I remember even a couple of years ago when the immigrants, immigrants from Nicaragua and places like that were, were migrating, coming across the border, um, you know, the political right was running with the idea that they were hordes of hordes of, of criminals and evildoers that were trying to cross into America to destroy America, and that it was secretly controlled by George Soros, like a 90-something-year-old Jewish man that was secretly controlling the, the people coming across the border. Uh, you know, again, this is a great example of, of right-wing nonsense. So, you know, on the flip side, no one is not suggesting that there are not criminals mixed in with some of these immigrants. Um, yeah, it's a likely probability that there are. And also at another level, listen, I, 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 I understand the people on the right's opinion about this. I don't really know about total open borders where anyone can come in unchecked. Not really sure whether that makes valid sense either. So there's a kind of a middle ground there. But again, it turned into this conspiracy thing that a lot of people wanted to buy to rationalize why these things were ultimately happening. So again, we see this across the board in multiple ways. And what I would suggest for, for most of my readers and most of my listeners to consider is your, listen, your, um, it's good to keep your eyes open and to pay attention to, to questionable things. Um, we don't change the world unless we, you know, we're willing to, you know, call out things that are uncomfortable or wrong or that aren't harmonious or affect and hurt other people. I think there's a value in being able to do that, of course. Um, but, again, I, I think, again, it's just an, uh, such an unanalyzed thing about human nature, just assume that these secret forces are controlling everything and you ultimately have no power. Because let me bring this back around to something that will matter more to most of my listeners anyway, if you hear this. That belief that there are secret societies and secret beings that power and control everything, again, while probably have some small elements ability to it, being mostly largely nonsense, um, it leads to something else, again, if you examine your beliefs which is the recognition that you believe that you don't have power. There are people over you that are stronger than you, that manipulate you, and you have no power there in that sense. Now, if your goal in life is to become successful, you know, in whatever terms you mean that to be, having a successful relationship and family and a good job, or in the more, uh, you know, more of a, a financial um, power sense where you want to be wealthy, make really good money, and be comfortable, um, if you're carrying a belief that um, only evil, secret society, cruel, manipulative people are controlling all the money and everything, you're not going to let yourself become financially solvent or successful in that way if you see yourself as a good person. Same analogy, as I said before, to, um, you know, uh, I'm sure if I use this analogy in the right way, but if you're a person that is, is very overweight, 
um, and you're fearful of intimacy, you might unconsciously, not consciously be overeating and staying heavy so that you don't have to deal with your fear of being intimate with other human beings. Or it can even be that if you look at skinny, lean people and think that they're all terrible, shallow, uh, you know, um, lacking in awareness people, you're not going to let yourself lose weight and become that. Um, you just will become a, a blockade that exists inside of you that you, you will not surmount because you never question the lack of reality behind that belief. And the reality can very well be that, yes, there are many people that are thin and beautiful that are hollow, but the truth is that that's not entirely true. There's many beautiful people that exercise and take care of themselves and that are wonderful and selfless, giving human beings. And so, again, nonsense in that way. Same dynamic with the wealthy. Not everyone that's wealthy is a terrible person. Um, this is a belief, just something you believe to be true about reality. And when you believe something so fervently without question, you ultimately will find yourself only seeing examples that validate those beliefs. You will literally shut off any other examples of things that would change the context of the way that you view those events and those things. So that's why I'm kind of harping on this in that way, because this is very, very significant. Um, you won't, you know, we often think of the things that we believe as invisible things that we never questioned, but they're not invisible things. They are things that we just never question, you know, accordingly. Um, again, I see this with, um, you know, I've, I've hinted and written a little bit about um, the, 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 the philosophy behind the far left politically as well as the far right, both to me ever so lovingly into extremes or cuckoo. Um, but often there's never a question of the beliefs that, that make you gravitate toward those things accordingly uh, that are, are very, very significant to understand. So, you know, rather than even getting into these larger elements, I think what I'm recommending for a lot of people is if you have that natural inclination toward understanding, unearthing, finding out about things, listen, study, learn, look into different things. But while you're doing all these things, keep your rational questioning mind alive and fed in a comfortable way where, you know, you question things. Um, you don't accept things blindly. That approach is not a bad approach. It's a good approach. Uh, you know, I don't, um, I don't uh, expect uh, in the clients that I work with to believe everything that I tell them, I even, even say in terms of prediction, which is not really my primary focus anyway, it's more about understanding awareness and becoming conscious of how you can create a reality and how to do it more effectively. But even when that does come up in cards, I don't, you know, I don't say this is definitive. It's probable. This is something that may come into being. That's something, you know, that will make sense to you if you're on that course and you understand that, that dynamic, you know, good for you in that way. But be healthy skeptical in, in a good sense. It's just, again, it's the same thing. If you become so skeptical that you question everything and assume everything is, is BS, you, you're, again, you're going, you're going in the other extreme of the road <laughs> as opposed to the other side of it which is where you're believing everything is definitive no matter what. So, again, reiterating that point that the piece was kind of bringing up, uh, listen, there are some things going on, and it's good that people are uncovering them, but at another level, see if you can, like, mitigate some of that belief that you have no power, um, that you can't control your own life, you can't have a healthy relationship or be happy or be healthy or successful. These are the beliefs that we have, and, and they're not hidden. 
It's not like deep psychology we got to kind of look for. It's often stuff that we just never have questioned that are facts of reality in that way. Okay, so it looks like these are 45 minutes is up already. Uh, again, that usually goes fast. One of the reasons I don't have time to at times do um, uh, phone calls. Uh, okay, so I had some good information for you guys I wanted to share. I am bringing back my interview feature. Years ago, I used to interview people in the metaphysical field of all different types and do interview shows with them. Um, I'm going to bring those back in an every other month format starting this December with Crystal Heinemann. It's amazing. And um, it'll give you a chance to actually call in in the last half hour of the show and be able to ask Crystal or, again, these amazing guests that I'm going to bring back in because there's a lot of really talented people doing all kinds of things in the healing arts that I would like to start um, sharing with the world in that way. So that's coming back around. So that, that, that's a good thing. I'll still keep doing my every other month column show, but we're going to be adding that. So I should be back to a little bit more of a monthly format with the show. Okay, guys, uh, great talking today. Uh, hope you got some insight here. If you're not already getting my monthly newsletter, email me, VenturaSag at Yahoo.com. Request to be added to the mailing list. Uh, again, it's blind copied out. And there's no sales stuff connected with it. No one you know, know you're getting it. Um, and uh, if you want information about any services, my books, all that good stuff, go to my website, JimVentura.com. Check it all out. And I will be back uh, probably in uh, a month or so from now with my next month column. And, uh, and we'll be talking about um, the tentative title is um, uh, <laughs> sort of family takes a hit, looking at how COVID-19 and all this uh, pandemic stuff has affected families, both our personal families as well as our friendship families, and how it's impacted them in a very, very difficult way and uh, something we're not really talking about that I think will be healthy to bring to the surface. So that'll be the likely column that we see in mid-November. I'm going to do my November-December column. Okay, guys, happy start to the fall. It's finally getting cooler here in Arizona, under 100, hallelujah, uh, for the highs. So uh, we'll catch up with you next time, and good chat and cheers.